But that's a really great job. If anyone uh, gets laid off, go sell Christmas trees because everyone's super happy at Christmas time and they tip really well. Oh. Pro tip. This episode of Late Nights with Travel and Los is sponsored by FreshBooks, which is exciting. So to see how the all-new FreshBooks can uh, increase your productivity and save you time, visit freshbooks.com slash Los and enter Late Nights with Travel and Los in the where did you hear about us section. How did you hear about us section? Yeah, that. <laughs> Late Nights. Late Nights. Late Nights with Travel with tra- and Los. With Travel and Los. Late Nights with Travel and Los. Hey, welcome everyone back to the uh, podcast that we usually host, <laughs> and it's called Late Nights with Trav and Los normally, but as we know, Los is like gone. He's gone for a while, and last week we had uh, a great a great session with Chaz, and today we have the podcast that w- never was. Mm. I'm sitting across the table from Aiden Simpson. Yep. Hi, Travis. Hey, I'm so glad that you're back here. So the, 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 the short story is that we recorded this all already. Yes. And then my file was corrupted somehow. I've such a, such a dunce. I don't know. I feel bad about it. But in all of his grace, Aiden has, has, has agreed to sit down again. And this time he's bringing the recording to make sure I don't mess it up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't your fault, man. It was Garage Band. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah let's blame it on, on that. Yeah. Never it's user ha- error. It's happened to me, like syncing with Dropbox and Drive and downloading files. Somewhere it gets corrupted along the line yes yes i would just let's just blame technology yeah so uh it's been it's been like a week and a half how are you i'm good let's just dive right in um you and i have we have a history together we definitely do yeah Yeah. um the story is so much fun so when i was interviewing with uh with google there's this day like i mean there's a lot of the process of interviewing is so long and tedious but there is a day where you come on campus and you do like six successive interviews with people right in a row. And, um, and that's where we met. Yes, that is. Definitely. And so thanks for writing like a, you know, a green check mark or yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll take the credit, man. It was all me. It was all me. But yeah. And then seeing you on your first day, I was like first stand up. Yeah, that was there, fun. Knees knocking. Yeah, didn't I, didn't I, uh, interview you or something like that. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Like, Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so those first few days are so intimidating. Yeah. And and not only that, they're like shuffling you off to different trainings and kind of like yeah. noogler, they're like acclimatizing you. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to use Photoshop and make something. Yeah. And they're like, okay, first of all, we don't use Photoshop here. <laughs> Second of all, uh no, go to like a training and like learn about you know, how does a search term work? Yeah. And it's going to be two weeks until we sit you down at your desk and you can actually do some work. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so. It's, and it's weird because <clears throat> as a team, we're looking at fresh meat on the team and we've got projects. Like I remember search was growing like gangbusters as a team that at that point. Yeah. Still and is, we, man. Yeah. And we were just like. Travis needs to be at his desk. We need, we got stuff to do. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, like, can you like relieve want, some pressure from yeah, me? I want to hand off some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so. I did actually work on some stuff that you had touched previously as well. Yeah. Um, currently I work on like events and you had done a lot of uh, pioneering work around Oscars yeah. and that really informed like the everyday work that I do now. Anyway, so this is less, less a conversation about Google search, but more a conversation about you. Like how did you end up at search? How did we get to that day when we're in that interview uh, room? you know, two years ago. Yeah. Um, 
It's a long story. Yeah. It's a really long story. How did um, you get into design? So I actually wanted to be a fighter pilot. Fighter pilot? Yeah. You wanted to be yeah. in like the dog fights. I did. You had, I, you had seen Top Gun and you're like, I, that's me. The man, I watched that movie. Are you a Goose or Maverick? Time. Oh, it's Maverick. I yeah. wanted to be Maverick. But then, <laughs> who wants to be Goose? Come on. Doesn't Goose die? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but a couple of things that were always going to stand in my way there is that I am horrendously bad when it comes to anything in motion and feeling motion sick. Uh, I look at a boat. Oh. I look at a boat on TV and I feel I feel motion sick. Really? So, uh, I was I was pretty much never going to execute on that dream. But ha- have you ever like flown? I have. You've yeah. controlled an airplane when I it's have. in the air. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And was did you get motion sickness at those yeah, moments? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, because uh, I was actually I gave I gave it as a gift to a friend of mine, and like we kind of went up together with a pilot, mm-hmm. and uh, and they start doing these kind of up and down yes. kind of movements. Yes, and I'm sitting in the back of this like single seater plane, just trying to keep my breakfast down. I um, live right near a small airfield where right. the only people who use it are these like you know amateur pilots. Yeah, and so like we constantly have like, these like dipping and dodging and t- turning planes like right over my right yeah yeah and i'm uh it's not like a big airliner where they're like hence why it's late night with travel loss yeah this is the only time we can get a good recording is yeah. when those pilots go home uh, and i see go in their beds so like wake up early in the morning and wake me up <laughs> <laughs> so did you did you try to join the military or uh i, I didn't even get that far okay. i did all the I, I had my mind set on it um from an early age and was kind of working even like to the last two years of school, I was doing maths and as a subject. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it wasn't until that point that I suddenly, I had a really kind of inspirational art and design teacher in my last two really? years of school. And, um, before that, nothing before that it was, yeah, it was, it was an interest. I knew, I knew I was interested in it, mm-hmm. but I always wanted to be a pilot of some mm-hmm. kind. Um, and then, yeah, it wasn't until Karen, um, who was my art teacher the last two years of school, and she first name. Yeah, yeah, we is in, that a normal thing for it is. You were like in a Montessori school or something. No, or? it was. Um, so last two years, it's it's what we would call. I went to school in England, mm-hmm. um, and what we call a sixth form college. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very informal, like no uniforms, anything like that. So and you call you call your teachers by their first names. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Um, me, some, me and Karen, we were doing some art. Yeah. so what did what did karen do to inspire you i don't know she just um she just i guess exposed me to a lot of different things and at that point uh math as a subject got really hard uh and i realized where my limitations were with that um and art and design just kind of started taking over so that is where i kind of started getting interested in it and to be honest my father is a is a he works in banking. He's a corporate financier, so he has a math, math mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. And my mum is actually a landscape designer, so she has the design background. And I definitely sit more in the gene pool of my mum, I think. Right. Um, and you it started just, off in the in the direction it, of your yeah maths yeah. I blame. I actually blame those stupid tests that you take at school. That you know you see shapes in certain patterns, and from these like standardized questions, they deduce what your future career should be really yeah i don't know if i ever took took those tests but i do remember going and like talking to the counselor and they're like what do you want to do and i'm like art and they're like that doesn't make any money why don't you be a teacher and like 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 you yeah. <laughs> like yes like me yeah I'm like okay i'll do what you do then and that's <laughs> yeah so like 
I, I guess it's the same thing, but maybe just in England they have like these standardized psychometric tests. And basically it told me that I should be in the armed forces or I should be an engineer. <laughs> <laughs> like what does the government need yeah. out of its workforce? That's what you should be. Maybe that's, that's what this standardized test maybe tells you. Maybe it's all a, like it's an elaborate plan by it the government. It has to be. I'm, yeah. Well, maybe this is my like put on my conspiracy theory hat, but like that makes so much sense. Like if you're going to make a standardized test, what do you forecast the workforce that you'll need to be? Yeah. Steer them in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. From an early age. From an early yeah. age. Yeah. I, I mean, that's that's the whole history of uh, public school anyway. It's, it's to create industrial workers. Right. Um, you know, moderately educated <laughs> so that they can like pull a lever and, you know, pu push a button. Yeah. Um, okay. So was it a fine arts that Karen was? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like it was like fine arts and uh, specifically kind of life painting and life drawing and mm. drawing people mm -hmm. um was what i was kind of interested in but your mom is doing space design like landscaping and area yeah, yeah design but she actually started as um she actually started as a pattern designer and then a she, pattern yeah so she'd back in the days mm -hmm. when as like clothing for patterns she would be oh, the pattern pattern yeah okay Sorry, i thought you my... meant like the patent office and oh. like yeah get a patent for <laughs> some te uh, you know science technology or yeah new idea no no completely no. way more fun way she's more creating fun. like textile patterns textile patterns okay yeah um and my mom is a fantastic illustrator probably like one of those people who can I remember as a kid, like she would like just do off off the cuff sketches of our pets, mm. and it's like a life like drawing of our pets, and I, wow. was, I was just like, <laughs> like my head my head exploded. Uh -huh. um, was that like would you try to like mock that? Like, yeah, that aspirationally. Yeah, like, I want to be like my mom. Yeah, yeah. And okay, it was always something that I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Um, so having the influence of your mother and then Karen, how did you like kind of like branch into actually doing the work or or? Yeah. So we have uh, so university in for art and design. I decided, yep, I'm going to go and do art and design. I'm mm -hmm. not going to go into the air force. It's a solid decision. I'm still pretty happy with you it. You are, yeah, but you never got to be a fighter I pilot. I never got. No, you're, you're never going to be that goose. I'm never going to be goose. My uh, tangent, cut it if you want. My friend Simon actually did end up being in the Royal Air Force, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm not good with rules and policies and. Um, I guess saying yes to the man all the time. Okay, and you're a rebel. Yeah, he said. He said you really got to. You really got to play the game. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. well, part of their job is to beat it out of you. Yeah. So like, you're not good now because you're an artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if you did join the military, they would just kind of like make you do a hundred million push-ups until you were saying yes, sir. Yeah, maybe. I, I assume. I don't yeah, know. and but and he's like, it's a game. Like exactly that. They try and beat it out of you and. Mm -hmm. You just, as long as you see it as a game and that you just know that you have to play this game to get where you want to go, mm. um, you will succeed. Okay. Um, right. So, so he turned it into a whole career. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's, he's still there. Huh. So, um, but anyway, tangent. So yeah, I decided to do art and design at that point, uh, the kind of the honors degree that I wanted to do was a four year diploma mm -hmm. and the first year was basically just exploration it was taking people straight out of school who know they're interested in art and design but they don't know what they want to do so you basically spend uh, each semester working in a different field so i chose kind of sculpture and printmaking as the first one uh, i chose graphic design as the second one and i chose a specialty for the third one that was kind of looking at uh typography and kind of 
film and yeah mm-hmm. specialty in in typography and film almost and to be fair to all the the youths that are listening back in the day like graphic design was what we do yeah you know like there was no ui designers no. there were no ui you know ux researchers there were there was no like web designer yeah it was like are you a graphic designer yeah you had to make a poster you had to make a t-shirt you had to make a website they were all the same thing yeah there's not really a delineation in in the skill set. Yeah. Um, fantastic. So, yeah. uh, was there like a big drop off in like people you knew in first year and they would ne- you'd never see them again? Yeah, that did happen. Like people kind of realized that they they didn't want to do this and they moved on. We we got more and more specialized after that. So mm-hmm. after that first year, I realized that I had a real interest in in design and I was lucky to be at the school that I was at because they had a real focus on. I guess design process, mm-hmm. not so much tooling, yeah. but really getting you into the into the ideation process and coming up with as many ideas and like tools around how to how to come up with those ideas. I think that's um, a, a great way to go about your education because tooling will always change. Yeah, I mean, in fact, earlier today we were just like, like, are you interested in this newfangled thing? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I kind of not. No, <laughs> I just, but I am really interested in how people think. Still, like yeah. that's still a relevant. Thing and, and, you know, if your schooling and education is centered around that, I think it's going to take you way further than, mm-hmm. than knowing how to create the best drop shadow or yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. And on, along that point, I spent my summers interning um, at, a, at a clothing company, basically designing T-shirts, mm-hmm. living in Illustrator. We even created our brochures in, in Illustrator. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't even use, I mean, it was Quark Express at that time, not InDesign. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I remember Quark Express. Oh, man. It was awesome. Like, it was a great tool once I got to learn it. But that is where I learned the tooling. Like, actually in the workplace is mm-hmm. where I learned the tooling. And I'm, I'm really thankful that the kind of the degree that I chose focused a little bit less on the tooling and, and more on the ideation and kind of helping you develop ways to, you know, come up with ideas and, and relieve creative block. Mm-hmm. Dude, this is great. This is really great stuff. But let's take a quick uh, pause and hear this quick message from our sponsor. Uh, our sponsor is FreshBooks. FreshBooks. I like them. They're pretty cool, man. They make software, accounting software, for people who run small businesses that are self-employed uh-huh. or freelance. And their biggest feature that I like is that you can create and send professional-looking invoices in a matter of seconds. Seconds. Dude, okay, let me just jump in there. Because, like, when I – I mean, I did uh, freelance design – for for a number of years when I first started out and like the worst thing was asking for money yeah and and like chasing people down and being like did you like are you gonna pay me <laughs> what's cool is that they uh, they have this feature where you can see when your client sees your invoice so you don't have to guess did they see it did they not oh like if they opened it if they saw it yeah and then FreshBooks takes care of that itself uh-huh, so they uh-huh. they'll send the reminders, etc. Until you get paid. Dude, so, that's the key. That's the money right there. So you're like, oh, I'm not, I'm not the a hole. <laughs> oh, it's not me. It's FreshBooks that <laughs> keeps on sending you that reminder every day until you pay me. Until you it's pay. not me. It's, it's it's just this. It's the software. I don't know. So it takes that awkwardness of push the buck. Yeah, I like it. Going for going for the money. Mm. Dude, check it out. Here's another awesome thing. FreshBooks is offering a 30 day free trial to all of the listeners of our podcast. So cool. So if you want it, go to freshbooks.com forward slash Trevin Lowe's and enter late nights with Trevin Lowe's in the how did you hear about us section. Oh, yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks And thanks to FreshBooks for, for doing this. For being so fresh. So for, for being fresh. 
I guess the one tool that I still use is is not being afraid to share my ideas as early as possible. Mm. Get everything out there. Like, don't be afraid. Everyone has a million terrible ideas, mm-hmm. um, but all you need is like one out of those ideas. So you think it's a, a learned skill to be brave enough to fail in front of people? For me, it was. Yeah, yeah. definitely. For me, okay. it was. Yeah. And and you came. Um, you you first addressed that like skill in the in school in school yeah right yeah they, it was it was it wasn't as much like group work as I would have wanted um, it was a lot of individual work and the timelines were very long because it's college and university but um, yeah there was a lot of kind of presenting your work at the end of it and saying this is my idea and this was my thought process behind it like actually showing the iterations that you did to get there was uh-huh. a very in, kind of important part of the course why would people want to see that and not just show them like not like um i reminded of a of a ray and charles eames kind of maxim and uh charles eames was like never show them the blood on the floor so their their whole thing was like here's a finished eames chair isn't it fantastic and everybody says yes that is very fantastic. And you never show them like the, the the blood and the sweat that went into it. Right. And that's exactly the opposite of what you're talking about. So the question is, why would you want to show them the thought process? I guess at that time when I was learning, I guess, the craft of coming up with ideas, I found it important to show my thinking because it showed me all the different tangents that could come from one idea that maybe I discarded and I thought, hey, this isn't interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Or this I don't think this is interesting for the design problem I'm solving, but somebody else has a different opinion. So like in that forum, potentially it would spark someone in a new avenue. Correct. Okay. Yeah. And does that still hold up today when you're showing your work to your stakeholders? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really important work part of the work that we do here. Uh-huh. Uh, is showing kind of as many iterations as you can. You always show the best one. You always mm. show this is this is the one that I think solves the problem the best. Okay. But in my back pocket, if needed, I have iterations two, three, four, and five. Yeah. That can address any concerns that a stakeholder might have and say, often I find that stakeholders they can come to the table with the first thing that jumps into your head. And like that's maybe how we start off as designers and then we think about the edge cases and we go off and we talk to our engineers and our engineers mm. tell us about a reason why we can't do that idea. So then we kind of we go through the design process again mm-hmm. and we come up with another idea. Maybe also showing your thought process along the way to your final conclusion helps to um, break down the biases that, that the stakeholder would, would come to the table with. Like, oh, I expected it to be this way. And you're not just showing them something that's not what they wanted, mm-hmm. but explaining why it's a good, a better option. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm drawing a line between uh, the kind of the kind of scenario that like you'd find in, in freelance work or working as a contractor yeah. versus like working as we do in-house at a larger kind of organization where here we would want to be like, let's talk about the process. Let's talk about how you got there. Let's talk about the iterations along the way. Did you consider this? But if you're contracting for somebody, you kind of want to be like, I don't want to do more work than I have to for you and get paid the same amount as I would have if I just had one option. And when I was doing contract, a lot of times I would show them one thing. Right. And be like, this is your answer. Yeah. Do you have a take on that? I do. Because you did, con- you did yes. contract work a lot, right? Yeah, I did. So um, I, was, I was a freelancer off and on for, you know, 
the first six six years of, of being a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked slightly differently as soon as Dropbox came around. Okay. And I would share my Dropbox folder with my clients in a like, just be open and transparent and say, if you want to go and check on what I'm doing, here's the folder with all the iterations. Mm-hmm. And what I liked about that was that I was never coming to a meeting with a presentation and presentation and unveiling my fabulous design work right it's it's what is that tv show mad men it's not like a mad men kind of like definitely not take yeah. the take the curtain back and try to wow them with a, a sales pitch yeah right yeah what i found is it actually it saved for the clients who who did engage and did have the time to and cared enough to <laughs> <laughs> to check on the on the folder uh-huh. they would they would message me or email me and say hey i just checked on this and um you know the logo's not big enough. Mm-hmm. Classic. Like, you know. And, so, <laughs> and the logo's not big enough. You know? And so that then enabled me to go to the presentation with some of that, like, initial kind of gut reaction feedback or, you know, the fact that they don't like a certain color or, you know, they can give me that feedback about, you know, something that their boss might say in that meeting. And I've already addressed that in my design process. Um, That's cool because, in effect, you're you're doing that presentation meeting the whole time. Yeah. You know, and, and you're like what you mentioned earlier is you're avoiding any surprises. Yeah. That's, I think that's really good. So you did freelance work for like around six years. Yeah. Off and on. Yeah. And that was after you graduated, uh, university. Yeah. So, so after I graduated, I, I worked for maybe nine months with a, with a design firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was doing apparel you said. So that was doing, so as an intern, I did apparel work. That was while you were still in. Okay. Yeah. So, and, I worked for them a little bit after I graduated just to, um, you know, earn some money. But mm-hmm. then I, I was applying for intern, other internship jobs um, and, and got, a, got a role with a kind of a small design company uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and worked for them for about nine months as, you know, doing anything and everything. But um, they, those, are, those are, I mean, like, like I know those dog days, right? But also like they define you who you are so much. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any design period, like or design phase of my, of my career that, that added so much to the way I understand things, design problems, presenting to people as those kind of like, you're the dude who does everything and anything. And if we have a problem, we'll give it to you to design something. Yeah. Um, you still see, see that kind of, uh, approach now, like where you're like, if there's a design problem, I don't know what it is, but I'll tackle it with design thinking. Yeah, yeah, I think it can be applied to 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 pretty much anything. Um, yeah, and I think it's a real valuable skill to have. You were only there for nine months. I was only there for nine months because um, a very good friend of mine decided that he'd had enough of England. Uh, he is Australian, <laughs> and he was like, "I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go to Australia. Do you want to come? Are you English?" Uh, I, I'm pretty much English. We emigrated to even longer story here. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely should cut this out. (laughs) Uh, but we're, I'm a South African and we emigrated to England when I was a kid in the late eighties. Okay. So, so then he was Australian and he was like, so yeah, yeah. He was, he was like, it's time. I'm, I'm going to go. I've had enough. Mm -hmm. Um, and we hatched a plan on a surf trip in Portugal, we took a summer surf trip together to Portugal mm-hmm. and we were like, we should just buy a van and like drive around the country in Australia. And it was like, yeah, that's an amazing idea. And, and so that's basically what we did. So 
2004, uh, end of 2004, I left with a backpack and a couple of surfboards and went and lived in a van for six months. And you just... That was your residence. That was How our did residence. You get mail, <laughs> like the van on the beach. I didn't need mail. <laughs> no, we were lucky. We had um, we had family and family friends in Sydney, Got it. and they were our mailing address. So you know, you get there and you got to set up a bank account. So you need a fixed address. Mm-hmm. But you can use um, you can use youth hostels. Like they are well versed at this. They wow, yeah, they're very so, happy. So uh, how long were you up? Six months. Six months. Yeah. Six months. So it was. I, if anyone has the opportunity to take, I've actually, I've done it twice, is to take an extended period of time out and just go and explore. And uh, I would do it differently now. As Back then, I just wanted to do very little and hang out and go and go surfing. And, mm-hmm. you know, we did, stoop, you know, to earn money along the way, we picked fruit and picked mangoes <laughs> and, you know, do, do the usual things that, like, help supplement your, like, hobo lifestyle. Oh, the, oh, the usual. Yeah. Pick mangoes yeah. to supplement a hobo. <laughs> which is, which is, picking fruit is the hardest job I've ever done. Um, but, yeah. Are mangoes, was, like, how, how big is a mango tree? Oh, they're pretty big. Do you have yeah. to climb the tree? You do have to climb the tree. Okay. Uh, they, because I was the lowliest worker in the field, yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Um, I didn't get to use any of the like. They had these actually like elevated platforms that oh, okay. they put on the back of a tractor mm-hmm. and they drag you through the field and like the the more senior fruit pickers they get to ride in that. I had to walk <laughs> you around. Had to earn your platform. I had to. I had to earn it, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the other thing they don't tell you. This is. You should cut this out. I know. I want to know all about mango <laughs> picking. But mango picking, the sap is actually, it burns and blisters human skin. Oh, wild. Yeah. It's um, it's pretty nasty stuff. So basically, I'm walking around northern Queensland in the middle of summer where it's, you know, 105, 115 degrees, fully clothed, like mm-hmm. hat. I'm covered head to toe so that I don't get burnt by the sap. Yeah. And um, you do that just in spurts to fund like the next month yeah, of surfing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Basically, that Wild. was what we did. And to like fund, I knew I wanted to go. There were certain things I had to do, which was like go on a dive trip in the Great Barrier Reef. Mm-hmm. So I spent three days out there diving and that's expensive. So oh, yeah. How many mangoes does a dive trip cost? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so so what can you wrap wrap around that experience and say, like, like, what value did it bring to who you are as a yeah, as a it, sentient it, person? It, <laughs> as a real human. As a... A real boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made me realize that uh, I can stand on my own two feet. Maybe that's a dumb thing to say, but uh, if I put my mind to it, I can survive in the world. Mm. Um, I shouldn't be afraid of new experiences. I can pretty much, I can, I can survive. I can do whatever it takes to survive. Mm-hmm. And I guess the main thing that I liked about it was that I learned that I don't actually need a lot to survive. Mm. Um, that's very empowering. Yeah, yeah. There was so like you, you're much less likely to break down in the face of adversity. Now you're like, well, I lost my job. Yeah. Instead of having a crisis, you're like, well, I'll just go pick a mango. Yeah. And yeah, <laughs> and be and good. Like, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm not afraid of doing that. I know how hard that all those different jobs are. Yeah. Um, you know. I picked mangoes. I think I sold Christmas trees, which was the best job. You sold them? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in uh, in in gas stations, they have all the Christmas trees. That's the best. I didn't job. know they had Christmas in Australia. They do. It's really weird because Australia is upside down. Yeah. 
So it's like in the middle of the summer it's is Christmas, summer, right? Yeah. It's, it's awesome. Uh, I recommend are, everyone have a, at least one warm are Christmas. They just, w- what kind of trees? Are they, are they pine trees They're or are they just trees. bush? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> just a stick of holly. Just mango trees. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but that's a really great job. If anyone uh, gets laid off, go sell Christmas trees because everyone's super happy at Christmas time and they tip really well. Oh, pro tip. Right, right. And it comes, we're going back to the presentation skills. Yeah. You're like, yeah. let me tell you my but, design process of why this tree is the one is, that you should purchase. You need this. How, how tall is your ceiling? I'll find the best tree for you. Now. Of course, yeah. I have two options in my pocket if you Just need it, case. but this is your answer. <laughs> wow, man. Yeah. That's really great. And, and I still, I guess I still do that, bring back a sense of that today. Uh, in I, I love to hike. I love to be in the outdoors, and mm-hmm. in, there's nothing better than going away for three days and uh, being in the wilderness, like living in a tent, carrying all your food, and then coming back home and appreciating that warm shower and appreciating that fridge, and all those things that you kind of take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's kind of important to me to kind of remember that. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, and and I love the way that you're kind of taking this like adventurous kind of thing that you did, you know, in your youth and like using it as a way to inform the way that you accept reality around you today, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, comfort or discomfort. Like there's a, there's, there's a place where you exist and can exist. Yeah. Come what may. Yeah. That's really fantastic. Yeah. And it, it, um, it definitely keeps me humble. Sometimes we feel like our, our jobs and, you know, we spoke about this a little bit in the last podcast, like the narrative that we carry around in mm-hmm. our heads and we get so absorbed in our, in ourselves and our own lives. Mm. And, uh, it's nice to just remember that your life is, is not that important at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it gives you perspective then. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. How, how does, how does roughing it give you perspective and, and like, and in terms of relating to the people around you? Um, that's a good question. I guess from from my point of view, it just makes me realize that there's bigger things out there. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and there's there's things that are just as important as my day to day life. Right. Um, and that you know, it's always amazing, like the people you meet on these whatever trip you might do. Um, so it broadens your like experience yeah. for like the, the types of lifestyles and experiences that other people have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. This is really good. I, I, I really love the way that, you know, we're taking like these real, these real topics and kind of like these, these life lessons. I don't know mm-hmm. how else to like say yeah. without being cheesy, but like these yeah. life lessons <laughs> and experiences and just talking about how they like make you stronger, like make you a little bit more, um, what is it called? Like, like you have something in the reserve. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm expressing that the right way, but anyway, what I'm trying to say is that this is really inspirational to me. Right. Um, and thank you for sharing, for no sharing. Worries. This is great. Yeah. I hope the people who are listening are, are taking as much as I am <laughs> Me too. <laughs> from this, but we're going to, uh, we're going to stop this episode here. And then next week we'll, we'll, we're going to do part two of this. Okay. And right. we're going to talk uh, more about, uh, what you're doing at Google now, um, how you got there, and your efforts in in the world of podcasting and Great. what you've been doing. It's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Travis. Uh, thanks a lot for showing up today. And thank you to our sponsor, which is FreshBooks. And, uh, and we'll see you guys next week.
Thank <laughs> you. 